Let us pray. Lord, we come to you this morning with our burdens and struggles, with our heartaches and confusion, with our hopes and our dreams. Recognizing, remembering, Lord, that you were already here before we came, that you'll be here when we leave, but you go with us wherever we go. So, Lord, come and be amongst us. Come and move amongst us. Come and stir us. That we, Lord, in these moments, may once again recognize your presence and find comfort in your refuge and protection. In your name, I pray. Amen. Wednesday was Veterans Day, and during the Wednesday Devo, I shared with you about Psalm 91 being the soldier's prayer. A little bit more on this story or this legend that it's hard to verify, but this is how the story goes. During World War I in the U.S. Army, there was the 91st Infantry Brigade. That brigade had a very devoted, committed follower of Christ as their commander. And he offered the 91st Psalm to those in his infantry. He shared it with them and he put it on a piece of car, he put it on a card and they agreed to recite it daily. Well, this infantry had not faced battle before, but ended up going through supposedly three of the bloodiest battles faced. Many who had faced these, the other units, uh, suffered up to 90% casualties. But this infantry did not suffer one, casual, one casualty due to combat. So today I wanted you to hear that psalm in its entirety. Join me if you can in the scriptures or devices you brought or online and your Bibles. It's time to go get your Bible or if you have it there with you, turn to it or to your device. And let us look at Psalm 91 together. You who live in the shelter of the Most High, who abide in the shadow of the Almighty, will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. For he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his pinions and under his wings we will, you will find refuge. His, faithful, his faithfulness is a shield and a buckler. You will not fear the terror of the night or the arrow that flies by the day or the pestilence that stalks in darkness or the destruction that wastes at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only look with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. Because you have made the Lord your refuge, the Most High your dwelling place, no evil shall befall you, no scourge come near your tent. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. On their hands they will bear you up, so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. You will tread on the lion and the adder, the young lion and the serpent you will trample underfoot. Those who love me, I will deliver. I will protect those who know my name. When they call to me, I will answer them. 
I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue them and honor them. With long life, I will satisfy them and show them my salvation. This story. The story that the psalmist shares with us offers a constant theme. One of God's refuge and of us receiving his protection. God's refuge, God's protection in times such as these. And a message that was shared by a committed follower of Christ with those who faced some of the hardest circumstances. Here we are today, having been through a divided political season where many pleaded for us to follow them. Now what? What do we do? What do they do? Where do we go from here? I don't know about you, but I've enjoyed football starting back up, right? I mean, about half of the SEC games got to be played this weekend, and one certain team played and did well. We don't have to mention who that was, but go David, right? Yeah, there you go. Uh, but truly, it's been an interesting season that's been topsy-turvy, whether teams play or don't play. It seems that those teams that hadn't played very well are playing really good, and those teams that have been really good aren't playing very well this year. It begins to tug. Are, are we a fan of football or are we a follower? Do we have a team that we stand behind through the good and the bad? Or are we complaining that the team's not doing well, the coach needs to be fired, or people need to change their positions? You know, the pandemic has really tested our faith. They've tested our commitment to being followers of Christ. It's become much easier to slack, much easier to not engage, much easier to not pursue those disciplines that nurture our Christian walk. Are you still a follower of Jesus? Or have you become a fair-weather, non-pandemic fan? What's the call? What's the cost of following Jesus? We see in today's scripture, we see some of his followers, so-called, his disciples, who felt things had just gotten too tough. The cost, the burden, was too much. Let's read the first part of today's scripture. It's in John chapter 6. Verses 60 through 66. Again, join me in your scriptures or devices. John chapter 6, verse 16. When many of his disciples heard it, they said the teaching is difficult. Who can accept it? But Jesus, being aware that his disciples were complaining about it, said to them, Does this offend you? Then what if you were to see the Son of Man ascending to where he was before? It is the Spirit that gives life. The flesh is useless. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. But among you are some who do not believe. 
For Jesus knew from the first who were the ones that did not believe and who was the one that would betray him. And he said, for this reason, I have told you that no one can come to me unless it is granted by the Father. Because of this, many of his disciples turned back and no longer went about with them. The word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Alice in Wonderland asked the Cheshire cat, Would you tell me, please, which way I ought to go from here? And do you remember the cat's response? That depends a good deal on which way you want to go. And Alice responded, I don't much care. And the cat responded, then it really doesn't matter which way you go. Are you taking the road of a fan or a follower of Christ? And do you care? Do you even care? Have you ever had a Sunday when you didn't want to be at church? You don't have to shake your head or raise your hand. Online, you can raise your hand. I won't see you, but... I had one of those weeks, but I didn't have an option today. I didn't have a choice. I remembered. I remembered a book by Kyle Ottoman that's called Not a Fan. It inspired this message, and, and I take some of his words in this message today. It's incredibly convicting. I thought I was a follower of Jesus, but realized sometimes... I'm only a fan. Let me read verse 66 to you again this morning. Because of this, many of his disciples turned back and no longer went about with him. Did you hear that? Do you see what these disciples are doing now or not doing now? What's happening here? What are some, why are some of the disciples no longer following Jesus. I'm glad you asked. You thought about it. Jesus has been teaching the disciples, teaching the crowds that he's the bread of life. When you think of Jesus as the bread of life, what comes to mind? Communion. Right? Communion. He speaks about in verse 35 of chapter 5, Whoever comes to him will never be hungry. Whoever believes will never be thirsty. And then a few verses later in, in, in chapter, excuse me, chapter 5, verse 53, he says, Unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life in you. Wow. That's a tough passage. So we have to see the context, and I think it begins to help us understand what's taking place here. Jesus has just fed the 5,000. Remember that miracle and how amazing it was? And the Passover is near. Now remember what the Passover is. The angel of death passed over the Israelites before they left Egypt making their way to the promised land. You remember that? You remember their time in the desert and what was it? What provision were they given in the desert as they journeyed? Bread, the manna that came out. 
Now, if Jesus is, is, if the Passover is near, where's the Passover? In Jerusalem. And if Jesus is headed to Jerusalem during the Passover, do you remember what happens to Jesus during the Passover? He's the Passover lamb. He's killed. He's crucified. He's fed the 5,000. The heat is turning up. He's headed to Jerusalem. Jesus talks about himself being the bread of heaven, this bread that is life-giving, that will sustain them, raise them up, and lead them to eternal life. But for his hearers, for his followers, it was just too much. They didn't understand. They were confused. It got too complicated, too weird, and they backed out. They no longer followed him. So what does Jesus do? Does he chase him? No. Does he, he plead, please, please come back? No. Does he water down his message so they hear this message that now pleases them and so they come back to follow him? No. He says in verse, six, in verse 65, No one can come to me unless it is granted by the Father. Some choose to follow. Some choose not to follow. What faith choices have you been making over this pandemic? What faith decisions have you faced that have tested your faith or perhaps piqued your faith? Has being connected to church become inconvenient or perhaps too convenient? And I'm not talking about safety here, so please don't go there. I'm talking about intentionality. I'm talking about engaging the word. I'm talking about spending time nurturing our faith, practicing the spiritual disciplines, finding community, living out our faith. Or giving in to the ways of the world. Giving up on staying faithful during this pandemic we are in. Now I know I'm preaching to the choir here. You're here at worship in person. You're here at worship online, which is a viable, trustworthy, faithful option. But I think... It still calls the question. Not just on Sunday morning, but the rest of the week until we meet again together. Jesus has been trying to explain to the disciples that he's the solution. He's the way. He uses this imagery they understand. He uses this story about the Passover and the feeding of the manna that... They have known since they're a child and they've taken to their hearts. They've heard it to their whole life. Jesus then turns to his 12 disciples and he says this. Let's pick back up in our scripture at verse 67 this morning. So Jesus asked the 12, do you also wish to go away? Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom can we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and know that you are the Holy One of God. Jesus answered them, Did I not choose you, 
the twelve, yet one of you is the devil. He was speaking of Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, for he, though one of the twelve, was going to betray him. Did the disciples fully understand Jesus? Did they get it? Did they know who he really was and what he was called to do and where he was headed? I don't think so. Eleven of the twelve committed to follow him even when they did not understand. Do you know what happened to eleven of the twelve disciples? Or excuse me, do you know what happened to most of the disciples? They were killed. Would you say these disciples were fans or followers? We recognized on Wednesday veterans who made a commitment to their country and some that even gave the ultimate sacrifice of their life. What about you? What about me? What about us? Have we made such a commitment to Christ? Will you still have doubts? You bet you will. Will you still make mistakes? I guarantee it. Will you still struggle to follow Jesus? Yes. Will you not want to attend church on Sunday in person or even live stream? Sometimes. So what do you do? What do you do? What do you do? You go anyway. You attend anyway. You follow anyway. You stay committed and connected to the church, even if worship, youth group, Bible study, Sunday school, small groups look and feel different, weird, not the same. Emmanuel? The challenge for us during these times is let us not be fans who yell out a lot of hot air at someone in the crowd or the field or wherever. But let us be followers who embrace Jesus as the very essence of life and the substance that will strengthen us to be his disciples no matter where we've been, what we face. Or even where we are headed. It does matter which road we take. It does matter which road we take. I hope. I hope you care. I do. And I care for you. The name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Gracious and holy and almighty God, we come before you in tough times, hard times, struggling times, confusing times, challenging times, uncertain times. Once again, declaring that you are the certain one. That in you we find our strength and our refuge and our protection. 
We confess our mistakes. We, we confess our confusion. We confess our lack of faith. We confess our misunderstanding. We confess our selfishness. We confess, Lord, we want it back the way it used to be. But Lord, we also confess that you are the one. And you are the great, the great provider. And it's to whom, it, you are the one to whom we look and we face and we need and we lean upon and we love. You're the one that takes away the hurt and the burden and the fear. So Lord, help us. We can't make this journey alone. Help us to care. Amen. There are many who need our prayers. There are many who we lift up. And as part of the prayers this morning, we lift our veterans. I give thanks to those who've committed their life to serve. If you've served in any capacity, would you raise your hand this morning? And online, we recognize you. I wish you could see all the people here. Thank you. And may this prayer and our prayers continue to be with you and your family.